3, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Now, Jesus went into Jerusalem on the back of a donkey. And the reason he had a large crowd uh, gathered there to see him is because just the day, or just that week before, some days before, we believe, he had raised Lazarus from the dead. Now, Lazarus was sick, and the expectation of uh, the people that were around Lazarus and taking care of him in the moment of his sickness was that if they reached out to Jesus, that Jesus would come and do what? Would heal Lazarus. But Jesus defied all their expectations by waiting, and as such, Lazarus passed away. And Lazarus was dead for four days before Jesus came along and raised him from the dead. So Jesus crushed their expectations and not crushed in the way we say it these days, like it was a goal he achieved. He completely destroyed their expectations of him, that he would come and rescue Lazarus. But then what happened as Lazarus was raised from the dead, a crowd formed around that miracle. And Jesus was received into Jerusalem with a huge crowd because of what he had done with Lazarus. You see, Jesus works with expectations. In fact, he undoes the expectations that you have of God. God has expectations of your expectations of him. And when Jesus comes along on Palm Sunday into Jerusalem, he is defying those expectations. Now we're having a little bit of challenge with the multimedia this morning, and I'm not able to control the presentation. Would you be willing to advance us too? And then I'll make a little signal like this for us to advance forward. That's fantastic, thank you. That's good, thank you. In fact, as Lazarus is raised from the dead and comes out of that tomb, he has a group of people that have gathered there to witness that miracle. And as they witness that miracle, they then take that moment and they transfer that miracle forward into that time that Jesus would come in riding on the back of a donkey. And so expectations are crushed by Jesus. In fact, as Jesus is riding into Jerusalem on the back of a donkey, he's also crushing a second expectation. And that expectation is this. If you'll just go back to the Genesis screen, thank you. That expectation is this, that Jesus is going to come riding into Jerusalem on the back of a big white horse, waving a sword, not so much a palm branch of a sword, but an actual sword. The people were expecting Jesus to come in to liberate them from Roman captivity. And as such, Jesus comes in riding on the back of a donkey instead, which frankly, that's what a priest would ride on, not a conquering military hero. But Jesus is fulfilling a scripture in Zechariah chapter 9, which says this, Behold, your king will come to you riding on a donkey. And so the expectations of the people are crushed. Because the people are expecting Jesus to ride in and to bring an insurrection and to free them from the captivity of the Roman army. So that particular expectation is crushed. And likewise, as Jesus is talking with the religious leaders, as Charmaine read so beautifully a few minutes ago, as Jesus is talking with, with the religious leaders, they're expecting Jesus to be a false Messiah. 
They're expecting him to be someone whose insurrection can be put down quickly in favor of their own power. And as such, Jesus disappoints them and crushes their expectations as well. Why? Because he brings with him a huge crowd that have just seen what? Jesus raised somebody from the dead. Now, who among the religious leaders has the power to do that? Nobody. So Jesus is crushing expectations left and right. And in fact, we learn something about Jesus, that Jesus comes to right the ship of expectations of our God. Jesus comes to reorient the expectations that you have of God, and God expects you to be able to expect something of God. God has expectations for your expectations of God. Did you realize that? That when God says that he will never leave you nor forsake you, that he will send his son to you to die for you and that his son will walk with you side by side from now and into eternity, that you can count on that as an expectation. And yet we are tempted at times to expect something of God that he's not prepared to deliver. For example, we know that there are people who suffer with cancer. We had a mobile packing event just down the hall in room 203 yesterday morning, where about 45 of us got together and packed some care packs for people who are suffering from cancer. And our partnership that was enabling the delivery of those care packs was with Phil's friends. And we'll talk about Phil's friends some more in a few minutes. But we were very specific as we were working on the care packs to be able to put messages in cards of hope in the care packs that had the scriptures of God's word in there for people. But our instructor basically said this, whatever you do when you're filling out a card of hope, don't write, you're gonna get well soon or you've got this. Because in some cases, people don't recover from cancer, right? And yet sometimes our expectations of God are that if we pray and ask him to heal somebody who's suffering from cancer, then it's the right thing to do, God. You really should heal that person. But because of the brokenness of the world and God waiting on the right time for his son to return to us, sometimes people pass away from cancer and it happens all the time. But in those moments, God would have us reorient our expectations of him. My friend, when we get to Palm Sunday and we say, ready, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. When we get to Palm Sunday, what we're doing every single year is we're taking the opportunity to reorient our expectations. We are tuning in to God's expectations of our expectations of him. We are reorienting what we expect of our God. And what we expect of our God is this, that he will work in his way according to his time and according to his plan. Now remember, Jesus was crushing expectations when he came into Jerusalem, wasn't he? He crushed the expectations of his immediate followers and that he didn't heal Lazarus before he died. He crushed the expectations of the religious leaders who were expecting him to be a false messiah. 
And he crushed the expectations of the crowds in Jerusalem who in one minute shouted, ready? Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And yet just a few days later, what did they shout? Crucify. On one hand, you've got a crowd full of people who are saying, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And then just a few days later, what are they shouting? Crucify. And the same holds true for you and for me. In one minute, we're over on one side of that fence saying, God, save me. God, help me in this moment of my need. And on the other side of the fence, we'll go over and say, is God even listening to me today? Is he taking the day off? on a day when I need him most. And then we go back over here and we say, you know, God, please work out this situation for me with my family. I haven't seen my brother, my sister, my mom, or my dad, my cousin, my aunt, my child. I haven't seen them in weeks, months, years. Help heal that relationship. And then on the other side, we come over here and we say, does God still even work today? Is God doing anything? On one hand, we come over here and we say, God, we are, are broken and on the inside and there doesn't seem to be any, uh, any end in sight for the darkness I feel in my heart and in my soul. And the other side, we come back over here and we say, is God really even there? And yet, Jesus still comes, breaking expectations, resetting them so that you can come to him at any time with your struggle, whether you're on the side that says, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord or crucify. Whether you find yourself on this side or on this side, or as most of us do most days in that gray matter in between, your savior still comes riding gently on the foal of a donkey, not as a conquering hero, slashing and tearing apart your circumstances for you, but riding in to be with you in the middle of your circumstances and to lead you through them. Now, this is what Abraham experienced. We talked about Abraham a little bit earlier and Abraham's children. This is exactly what Abraham experienced in that God came to him at one point in time and he said, go to this land that you don't know. And as you go, I'm gonna show you which way to go to get there. And then when Abraham gets there, what does he say? He sees that there is a foreign people living in the promised land. And he says, God, are you sure you're gonna hand over this land to me? And what does God say? God says, I promise, you're going to receive this land. And by the way, Abraham, even though you're super old and you've never had kids before, you're gonna become the father of many nations. So Abraham gets to the point where he's visited by God in real form and he says, God, are you sure? And God comes back and he says, I'm gonna give you a child. And his wife thought that was ridiculous because her expectations were different than God's, weren't they? And what did she do? She laughed. And they probably had a good chuckle over a glass of wine that night. Are you kidding me? We're gonna have kids. You're 99, I'm 90. Come on, let's turn on Netflix and forget all about this, right? But God reoriented their expectations by giving them a child. 
And from that point forward, you and I are a part of the blessings that God gave the whole world through Abraham. We are here because God reoriented their expectations and saw them through that growth in faith. My friend, you and I are at a critical juncture right now, here at the beginning of Holy Week, where we're getting ready to prepare our hearts for Jesus going to the cross for you and me. But something that we really should be remembering all week long is that Jesus is about more than just dying on the cross. His death on the cross took care of the penalty for your sin. If you believe that, say amen. Amen, I agree. And yet at the same time, Jesus intends to be in your daily life. He intends to gently come and invite you to walk with him. Jesus doesn't come in slashing and tearing down your circumstances for you, doing those battles that he leads you through, those challenges. Sometimes he lets you have them in full but he promises to walk there with you every day. And the full breadth of what we experience over Holy Week is about that. It's about expectations being crushed and reborn. Here's our prayer for you and for each one of us that by the time we get done with worship on Easter Sunday morning, there is no doubt, as the scripture says, that Abraham was fully persuaded that God had the power to keep his promises. Our prayer is that by the end of the day on Easter Sunday, when you go and have lunch with those you love, that you will remember that there is nothing your God cannot do and that God intends to inhabit your daily life. And that even if you choose to say, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes. Oh, you were watching, good. Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, or what? Crucify. Whether you are there or there or in that gray matter in between, it's not on you to go to the cross. Jesus does that. And then he leads you to carry your cross and follow him, knowing that he is the one who did the work. And that work is crushing our expectations of him and letting them be reborn into a robust, powerful, fully persuaded faith. So I pray that you and I this week will be attuned to our expectations of our God. What is it we are expecting of him? And is God reorienting that expectation in you? you will see him fulfill his promises. If you believe that, say amen. amen. Or amen. If you believe that, say Hosanna or Hosanna. If you believe that God has the power to work in you, you're in good company, my friend, because God's promise for you is true. He'll be with you and invite you and be with you and invite you no matter which side of life you land on. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, you are our great God.
You are the one who crushes human expectations, the one who reorients our very hearts toward you every single day. You are the one who changes our belief system. You are the one who reorients it toward your heart and your belief system. You are the one who takes the expectations of people who can only see so far into life and broadens them and stretches them out into eternity. As the scripture says, keep your minds on things above. God, I confess to you that there are times when I keep my mind on stuff below and that my expectations of you fall so short that somehow, even though you did the work of the cross, that that doesn't apply to me. And that somehow, God, there isn't a new abundant life waiting for me after the cross. But God, I confess and lift that up to you now and ask that you just crush that expectation and build in me a new expectant joy, the kind that Abraham had when he was now fully persuaded to receive your great blessing, your presence as you walked with him. You intend to walk that way with me. And so I receive that now in the great name of Jesus. In his name we pray, amen and amen.